Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. Our Sunday live stream starts at 10 a.m. at cascadevineyard.org stream or on Facebook at Cascade Vineyard Church. Thanks for tuning in. I get confused easily. So we are in uh, the book of Ephesians. We've been uh, slowly working our way through Ephesians this whole entire year. We're, we're getting close to wrapping up. I, I hope that uh, as we get into the fall, we'll finish up Ephesians and move on to some other things. Um, I want to smart start this morning, though, with a, a verse from uh, the Gospel of John in John chapter 14. I love that whole section in John, kind of 14, 15, 16, 17. Uh, Jesus is sharing and opening his heart up, maybe as much as he does anywhere in the Gospels. And he's, he's talking to his disciples in this particular passage, and he, he's trying to, to clue them in and kind of let them know where things are headed, what's going to happen. And of course, Jesus knows fully what's going to happen. He's been trying to clue the disciples in. They're having a little trouble putting two and two together. They can't quite figure it out, or maybe they just don't want to acknowledge uh, what's going on. But in the midst of that conversation, uh, Jesus says this to them, the prince of the world is coming, he has no hold over me. As we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 6, we've been talking about uh, spiritual warfare. And when we think of spiritual warfare, that, that really is the goal. Because the enemy is coming. And the, the reality is this. We will face spiritual attack in the course of our lives. There's that, that, that's just the way it is. There's no way out. You, you, the enemy will attack. He will come against you. Uh, there's not a whole lot we can do uh, about that. But what we can do is to be prepared for that so that when he does attack, we might be able to say, like Jesus does here, the prince of the world is coming, but he has no hold over me. He doesn't have the ability to interfere or interrupt my life the way he might if I wasn't prepared. So uh, with that as kind of an intro, our text today is uh, verses 13 and 14 of chapter 6, and Paul says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. So our title this morning is Stand, Stand, Stand. And we're going to talk a little bit about the breastplate 
of righteousness. Let's, uh, let's pray and then we'll get into it. Yeah, Jesus, I just uh, agree with Taylor and pray that your presence would be with us this morning, that you would open our hearts to receive from you, that your word would strengthen and enrich our lives, uh, that it wouldn't be something that we read or study uh, alone, but that we would read it, study it, and apply it to our lives, that it would help us uh, in our in our day-to-day existence as well as in any spiritual warfare that we might encounter. In your name we pray, amen. Um, so, again, after telling the disciples, telling his audience about the nature of the battle, what we're fighting against, Paul says, put on the full armor of God. And then he describes the armor. Um, and, and so if you've read ever, uh, especially Bible commentaries, I don't know if you guys ever read Bible commentaries, but maybe other books about spiritual warfare, armor of God, or listen to sermons about them. And uh, in, in almost everything I've read and, and virtually every sermon I've ever heard, they take the different components of the armor and they say, these ones are offensive and these ones are defensive. And I, I understand that, but I'm going to deviate a little bit, uh, as is my habit, I suppose. Um, I, I want to say that I believe all of them are both offensive and defensive. That each component has uh, within it uh, the ability to not only protect us from the attacks of the enemy, but also to help us fight against those things. For example, last week we looked at the belt of truth, and we said that, uh, scripturally speaking, what the belt of truth is not so much us speaking truth to one another, but it's, it's really truth, honesty between us and God. It's us being willing to be open and honest with God, really realizing He knows anyway, right? So, so we're going to just be honest with Him. And, and when we do that, that eliminates the ability for the enemy to come in and derail our lives by saying things like, oh, you know, if, if God really knew how you are, you know, uh, if God knew what you were like, you know, and then you can say, no, 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 you, you know, God does know me. God knows everything about me. God knows me at my best and me at my worst. He knows the deepest, darkest secrets of my heart. And you know what? God still loves me. I'm still God's child. He still cares for me. And he still, he still wants me to be involved and partner with him in his kingdom. That's how much he loves me. See, the, the devil is a liar, and something we need to realize, you say somebody's a liar, right? We see, if we say a person is, that, that person's a liar. Well, probably they, maybe that person has a habit of lying, but they also probably sometimes don't lie. They tell the truth. The devil's a liar all the time. Everything the devil says is a lie. Sometimes it might sound good. It might sound kind of true, kind of real, but it's not. It's a lie. So Paul says, stand firm, stand firm. And then today he says, put the breastplate of righteousness in place. Breastplate, if you, you know, picture the armor, is, it covers your chest, right? It protects your heart, your lungs, your vital organs, uh, which is, is important because, you know, if you just think about the battle, if you take an arrow in the arm or the leg, 
it's going to probably bleed a little bit, but you'll live, right? But if you take one to the heart, that's a different deal. It's all over. Um, That's not good. Metaphorically speaking, the illustration holds up as well because righteousness, true righteousness, protects our heart. True righteousness protects our heart against the attack of the enemy. Um, In Revelation 12, John says, The accuser of our brothers and sisters, who accuses them before God day and night. The enemy comes against us and he brings accusations over and over and over and over again. Um, He's relentless in that. And some of those accusations will be against us at the point of our righteousness. And so that's why it's important when we consider righteousness, we talk about, you know, the breastplate of righteousness. We, we remember where that righteousness comes from, the source of it. It's the righteousness we have is in him. It's his righteousness. It's not our righteousness because, and here's why that's important because the enemy will say things to you like, Oh, remember when you did this or when you said that last week? Remember that? And, and, uh, you know, see, that's just the way you are. You're a liar. You're a cheater. You're, you're no good for nothing. And he says those things to us. And if, if we're not prepared, if we don't have the righteousness on, uh, that makes us want to give up. We just, oh, God, he's right. But if our righteousness is in Jesus, he's constant, he's unchanging then we know the difference. And I want to look at the difference between what the, the Spirit of God brings to us in conviction and what the enemy says to us in condemnation, because that's what he does. So conviction makes you want to do better. Condemnation makes you want to quit. Conviction focuses on what you did, but condemnation focuses on who you are. There's a huge difference between those two things. We all make mistakes. We all do things wrong. That doesn't make us wrong. It doesn't make us a mistake. It doesn't make us a bad person. The conviction of the Spirit is always loving and gentle and gracious. The condemnation of the enemy is critical, harsh, and judgmental. Conviction will build you up. Condemnation will tear you down. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Condemnation comes from the enemy. Condemnation again says you're a bad person. You're 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 lower than pond scum. You're no good for nothing, and you never have been. Conviction says, "Hey, come on, come alongside, walk with me. I'll show you the way. We'll do this together." There's a huge difference when those the enemy hurls those accusations at us. If we're unprotected, we buy right into that. Um, and we and we fall prey to his his plan and his plot for us. But if if we are walking in the righteousness of Jesus, it doesn't have the ability to impact us that way. Um, one thing I think that maybe some of us can identify with it at some point in our past, when you're under condemnation, it's really difficult to pray. Prayer, I think, is the first thing probably to go when you're under condemnation. Um, we, we said before that the enemy is, is sneaky, right? 
And so if the enemy just came to you and he said, hey, I have a good idea. How about we don't pray for a while? That'll be fun. Well, you would see right through that. You go, no, I know that's the plot of the enemy. I'm not going to not pray. But conversely, if the enemy makes you feel unworthy, then you say, oh, I, I can't pray. I'm not good enough to pray. God probably doesn't want to hear from me anyway. And he shuts down your prayer life. I think another thing that goes pretty quick is worship. Worship is one of the key ways in which we fight against the enemy. It's one of the key key tools we have. Every time we come together in corporate worship, we push back the enemy and we expand the kingdom of God. It's one of the one of the key things we have. And the same thing is true not even in corporate worship, private worship. You you do that same thing if you're at home or driving around your car worshiping, you 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 enter into and push forward the kingdom of God and push back uh the kingdom of darkness. Um however, again, if you're under condemnation, you won't worship because you feel, you begin to feel hypocritical. If I, oh, you know, I, I do have, you know, I, 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 I'm a sinner. I have sin in my life. And so I, I don't feel, I'm not, I don't, I can't raise my hands in, in worship today. I, I'm just not good enough for that. And when that happens, I want you to know the enemy wins. He wins that battle. Um, I said the word hypocritical a minute ago. That's the biggie. That, I believe, is, is one of the primary tools the enemy uses against the church today. Uh, probably every one of us at some point has heard, well, Christians are just a bunch of hypocrites. Just a bunch of hypocrites. And if you're under condemnation... You might say, you know what? They're right. We are just a bunch of hypocrites. You know, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. Not as, not as much of a hypocrite as that guy over there, but I'm still kind of a hypocrite. When the conviction of the Spirit is on us, we don't fall into condemnation. Our relationship is is founded in Jesus, and it doesn't matter where we are. We can be down, we, we can be distracted, we can be tired. I, it's interesting. I, I've talked to two or three people today who said, I'm just tired, just worn out. And that's okay. We can be tired and we can still come to the Lord. We can still come to Him. You know, we can be in sin and we can still come before God. And that's not being hypocritical. That's being honest. And that's what God wants. He loves that. He wants us to be able to come to him no matter what's going on in our life. That's not being hypocritical at all. It's just being honest before God. It's exactly what we talked about last week with the belt of truth. We, we don't have the ability to construct our own breastplate of, of righteousness. It's in him. All, all we do in our, our job, our part, is simply to put it on. We, we put it on and then look at uh, the next verse. 2 Corinthians 5, God made him, Jesus, who had no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. So our sin becomes his sin, and his righteousness becomes our righteousness. And then one more verse, Romans 8. Therefore, there is now, today, no zero condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation in him. Yes, we have the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And that's, that's a good thing. It's a positive thing to be able to say, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not where I need to be. And God, I want to, I want to eliminate those things in my life that are keeping me away from you. But that's different than condemnation saying, I'm, I'm a bad person. I'm wrong or some other label or identity that he puts on you in the midst of that. There is no condemnation on any of us. So we want to put on the full armor of God, put on the breastplate of righteousness this morning. Um, Would you guys stand? I want to just pray as we close today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Casket Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org slash give. We'll see you next week.